The Get Rich Slow Club podcast is a collaboration between Tash Etchman from Tash Invest and Anna Christina from Perla. The Get Rich Slow Club acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land we record on. From coast to coast, across land, waters and communities, we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Any advice is general and does not consider your financial situation, needs or objectives. So consider whether it's appropriate for you. Welcome to the Get Rich Slow Club podcast, where we take you from beginner to confident investor, where we can teach you everything you need to know about investing. So come get rich slow with us. In today's episode, we're going to compare seven of the most popular brokers in Australia. We're going to look at their fees, minimum investments, features, and who they might be suitable for. So if you're trying to find a broker, this is the episode for you. But first, money wins. What's yours, Anna? Yeah, mine's a total money win because sometimes I have money losses, but our home insurance was up. And instead of just renewing it and, you know, being loyal to the company we were with, we jumped ship and saved ourselves around $800 to $1,000. Oh, nice. And the big thing, I think, if you're planning on switching home insurance is to check what people say about the claims and make sure to read the PDS. There's a lot of little wording things in there and it took a lot of time. So what we did is we looked at all of the different insurances and then read the information and looked up on Reddit on people who have made claims to make sure that they actually are. Can claim. um, Yeah, can claim and that there's no issues because that's the big thing if something happens to your property. But a huge win because they were raising our price by 800 bucks and we literally saved that or kept it the same by by switching. Amazing. Did you get any Qantas or Velocity points? I've seen them pop up a lot on insurances recently. No, I didn't actually. I Maybe they weren't partnered with them. Um, no, but I'll look out for yeah. that next year because I think this is going to be a regular occurrence and just keeps them all honest and competitive in terms of price. Yes. By Always switching check. Over. Yeah, I have seen quite a few popping up with Qantas points recently, but I haven't looked to see if it's worth it or if that's kind of built into the cost. So something to look at. Yeah, cool. Um, mine's a fun one. Well, it started off as a money loss initially. I messed up my business finances a little bit from switching from a sole trader to a company. I didn't realize that by doing that, they were still charging me my really big pay-as-you-go installments. So I paid one of them a little bit late and they fined me and also added interest on as well. Um, but then my accountant told me to call the ATO and I did and they just refunded them for me. So that was pretty exciting. Oh, that's so good. Yay. The ATO is really helpful. I had to call them recently for a similar reason because a while ago I sold a bunch of shares and they assumed that I would do the same this last financial year and that's not the case. So I had to adjust that and they were so helpful. So yeah, if you do it before the date that it's due, you can actually just adjust it online. I didn't realize that. So you don't actually have to pay the full pay as you go installments if you're not earning that much in my case anyway. Yeah. You can just zero it out, which is fun. That's what I did too. It's just weird that you have to like wait for a time. So if you think of it now and it's not, (laughs) it's, you're not able to adjust, you have to like put it in your calendar. Yeah. It was, that was my issue. I did wait for an hour on the phone with the ATO though. They let me do a callback, which is fun. They just called them and they were ready. Yeah, they did that for me too. But then I had to speak to a specialist and Uh, yeah, I got transferred over and had to wait. So I I thought, (laughs) oh, well, well, let's get into today's episode. Um, Before we start, my favorite reminders, what you buy matters more than where you buy it. So meaning the ETFs that you choose matter a lot more than which broker you pick. And you can always change your mind and open a new brokerage account if you change your mind. So don't spend too long trying to decide which broker, just pick one and start and you can always change later on. And chances are in many cases, you can also transfer. So if you're unhappy with your broker, you can always transfer to another broker 
depending on what kind of assets you purchased. Mm -hmm. So some of the things we're going to be going through for each of them are fees on buying and selling. Um, This is an interesting one. Be mindful of these fees when you're selling. So you might only be buying a few hundred or a few thousand dollars at a time now, but when you decide to sell in 30 or 40 years, you might have a larger amount. And when brokerage fees are a percentage instead of a fixed fee, they can really add up. And also one more thing about fees as well. If it's free, ask where they're making their money from instead, because usually there are fees elsewhere. elsewhere. The next one is the type of ownership. We talk quite a bit about chess sponsored, which is special here in Australia, but there are types of brokers that are custodial types of um, ownership, which means that you don't own them directly, but they are holding them on behalf of you. So it's just something to be aware of. Um, consider which features you want. What do you want to use the broker for? Does it access the markets you want? So Australia, the US, something else. If you want to automate your investing, does it have those features? And also the last one we kind of noticed in looking at all these broker websites is a lack of transparency on some of them. So we'll give some examples as we go through, but I really appreciate transparency with financial things. And I found some of them doing a little bit of sneaky stuff and how they worded stuff or presented information. The first broker we're going to start with is self-wealth. So self-wealth is a platform that uses two-factor authentication. It's just sponsored for all their shareholdings in Australia. And you can also buy on various exchanges, including the Australian, the NASDAQ, Hong Kong, and the New York Stock Exchange as well. For their pricing, they have a flat fee of $9.50, no matter what the trade amount is. So for the ASX, it's $9.50 in Australian dollars. Um, but for the US, it's $9.50 US dollars a trade. And there's also no inactivity fee, which sometimes brokers charge you. So if you're not using it regularly, they may charge you a fee. Luckily, self-wealth does not. They also have some interesting features as well that you might be interested in. You can monitor your portfolio and its performance, which is really fantastic. They also provide end of year reporting to assist with your taxes. They also include safety ratings and wealth check scores. That way you can kind of minimize your risk by rating the diversity of your portfolio. And it makes it easier for you to spread your risk across different companies, industries, and geographies so that you can be a little bit more aware of your portfolio. With self-wealth, you also have the ability to open your own self-managed super fund if that's of interest to you. Did you start using self-wealth? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, self-wealth was the first broker I used here in Australia, and I was pretty happy with it. Uh, They did focus a little bit more on trading than I was uh, used to. And at the time, some of the charts and information was a little bit overwhelming because I wasn't a trader. So I didn't really care what the stocks were doing in in that given day. But it was really easy to use. It had a nice little graph. And I think since I've been there, they've updated their website and their app as well. So it's probably even better than, than before. Very nice. I opened an account ages ago, but I just didn't like it very much. It felt very more old school than some of the other newer ones, but maybe it's changed now. They've also been around for a while. So it, it as we know with platforms, they evolve over they time. Evolve. So depending on when you've used them, they might look drastically different than, than they do now. Fees are still the same. I feel like everyone's dropped their fees, but self-wealth is still, still there with their $9.50. Yes. Next, we have Perla, which is the broker we both use at the moment. Uh, for a little disclaimer, Perla owns half the podcast and I do sponsor content with Perla, but we both use them for quite a while and like Perla a lot. And I work at Perla, so <laughs> that's another little disclaimer as well. So starting with the fees for Perla, it's $6.50 for each investment on the ASX, but you can prepay for them and then they're only $5.50 for each trade. Um, and they do have extra fees for US shares that you can find on their website. 
Some of the features that you can get on Perler is you can automate all of your investing, which is really fantastic if you want to just set and forget. There's also the Perler Exchange, which allows the community to ask questions. You can track your net wealth. So it's essentially tracking your net worth across your different banks and other platforms that you might be on. And you can also be inspired by real people who share um, on the platform as well, such as you can see what people are investing in as well and connect with them. The auto invest feature is really fun as well because you don't have to just pay the brokerage fee every time. So for mine, for example, I've set up for Perla to direct debit $200 each week, but to only invest when it reaches $1,000. So I just pay the $5.50 every five weeks when it reaches $1,000. So that's quite a fun feature. I think that's been one of the biggest changes when it comes to investing here in Australia. I think prior to Perler, no one's had an automating kind of system. And the difficult part was you would have to log into your bank account, transfer over the money, then log into the brokerage, you know, choose what you're investing in, send it over, log back in to see if it if it actually did it in that time frame or whatever it might be. So Perler really was a game changer when it came to automating. And that was actually one of the first products on the platform I got to work on and feel very proud to be part of that defining moment of investing in Australia. Another great thing about Perler and one of the reasons why I promote it is because it's really good for beginners and they've simplified some of the process. So one thing I love is that they highlight popular ETFs instead of the fancy stocks that are gaining a lot of money or losing a lot of money each day and they make it easier to buy. So with brokers like Comsec, you need to work out the number of ETFs or shares you want to purchase with your money and put in that number and then you'll buy a weird amount with them. Um, but with Perla, you can just say, I want to invest $1,000 and they'll do it for you. So just from a user perspective, they've taken away a lot of the options you don't need. Like you can find them if you want them, but sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming when you log on and there's market order, limit order, the two plus day thing, like it just shows you so much information, which is really hard at the beginning. I love that you mentioned that because that's when you're investing, you think about investing in terms of dollars. I'm going to invest $500 or $1,000 or $10,000. You don't think I'm going to invest 93 shares in, you know, X ETF. You know what I mean? So yeah. we, we tried to simplify that jargon on the platform as well. Especially when it's there's all the different prices for a share. Like it doesn't just give you one price. It's like, this is the last price for this and the last price for this and some other price. And you're like, oh my gosh, which one do I actually use to divide the number by? So it can get a bit confusing. And if you are on a live platform, you can also see that pricing fluctuate, which becomes overwhelming. Like, should I wait for it to go down three cents? And this way it just takes the guesswork out of it and simplifies it. Next on the list, we have Comsec that we were just talking about. So with Comsec, which is one of the four big banks, um, we're just going to look at this, but there is also Westpac and NAB Trade, but they're a little bit more expensive going from around $9.95 to almost $20. Or they have a percentage of a trade that's attributed to how much you're actually investing. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's just focus on Comsec for right now. So Comsec right now, if you sign up, you can get your first 10 trades free, which is great. But you also just have to be aware that this only goes until April 30th of 2024, and it's only available to new Comsec customers. So just be aware if you're signing up with them. Their brokerage is usually um, set up based on how much you're investing. So $5 for if you're investing around 1000 
It's $10 if you're investing from $1,000 to $3,000. And then if you're investing over $3,000, it's $19.95. So it really kind of is a little bit confusing based on how much you're investing. And now if you're investing over $25,000, which you may not be because it's a huge amount, but this accounts for trades. So it's also if you're selling. And if you're selling that amount, you're basically paying a $30 brokerage. Just something to be aware of. Comstack was the one I first used a lot. Like I started with the ANZ one, which doesn't exist anymore. And then I started using Comsec a lot. And it's quite good, I guess. Like there's a lot of trust in Combank and Comsec, but I found the fees to get a little bit expensive. And there was a lot of features I didn't need. But if you want more insights into companies and their prices and stuff like that, then maybe you can give this one a go. Yeah, Comsec has some really great trading insights if you want to look at what companies are doing at a given time, if you're timing the market or if you're into trading. So that's really fantastic. Of course, we advocate for long-term investing in diversified ETFs and index funds. So this might not be the platform for you, but like Tash said, Comsec is very reputable. Um, It's well-known and it might be really convenient if you already bank with them. Mm -hmm. This leads into our next one, Comsec Pocket. I use this one for a little bit as well. And I also set my mom up with this one. Um, They are the micro-investing version of Comsec. So their fees start from only $2 and the minimum investment is $50. And they've kind of simplified things. So you can only buy eight different ETFs, which are FE, IOS, SYI, which is a dividend-focused one, GRNV, which is a Vanek ethical one. And they've got a bonds one in there as well. Global 100, emerging markets, health. There's NDQ, the tech one. And also my, one of my favorites, DHHF, the diversified all growth ETF. Um, they have a regular investments feature. So you can set that up as well. Uh, this is a great option for beginners. If you don't want to be overwhelmed by lots of different things, you do need to have a Combank bank account, which can be tricky because sometimes they charge you a $5 account maintenance fee, unless you transfer in, I think it's 2000 a month or you're a student or there's something that you can waive there as well. So you have to think about whether you'll end up paying more money in the account fee to have this account. Um, but yeah, it's great for beginners. There's lots of education things on the platform as well, and they've really simplified it. And some of these ETFs are quite good. But if you want to buy, there's no Vanguard ones. If you want to buy VAS or VGS or VDHG, it's not on here. So you mentioned that it's the micro version of Comsec. Does that mean that it is chess sponsored? It is chess sponsored. Okay, great. Yeah, that's it's the only option. kind of micro one that it is chess sponsored. Yeah. Our next one is Sharesies, which is a favorite for our friends in New Zealand. Um, Sharesies is interesting because they're not chess sponsored, but they also don't give you your own individual HIN, which a lot of custodian brokers do. So they just have one HIN for everyone and the investments are held in New Zealand by a New Zealand company, not in Australia. So the type of ownership is different to any of the other brokers. Um, they're pros though. They have no minimum investments and the fees are a little bit confusing. Um, if you just want to pay as you go, the transaction fees are quite high, like 1.9% up to their fee cap. Um, I think their fee cap is six Australian dollars for Australian shares. And then you can also pay, like be part of their monthly payment plan. So five, 10 or $20 a month. And that gives you free trades up to a certain amount, depending on which one. They've got a really cool like table on their website to have a look at, but it is a little bit complicated fee-wise. I always find this kind of interesting with sharesies and Combank or Comsec that you have to kind of know how much you're investing depending on what the fee is. So sometimes the flat fee structure 
is helpful because you know you're going to be paying X amount every time you invest. Whereas here you're going to be like, oh, am I over the threshold? Am I going to be paying more or less? And it's just it's just a different way of thinking about that. Yeah. And also if you want to have a break from investing as well and you've got to keep paying the five, 10 or $20 a month, that can add up as well. Yeah. And especially checking if there's an inactivity fee, right? Like some of these mm-hmm. platforms do charge you for not using it um, as I don't think, do banks here do that? Because I know banks in Canada, if you weren't using it, they would charge you like $4 a month just to have a bank account that you potentially oh, wow. didn't use. I don't yeah. know about banks, but some brokers definitely do. Like I know CMC Markets charges $15 for an inactivity fee. Oh yeah. That's, that's hard. You know, sometimes things happen or life or whatnot and you can't invest. Well, you're like me and you switch brokers and have been too lazy to transfer them over. So they're just sitting there still. Yeah, Exactly. Um, some more of their features. So no minimum investment. You can auto invest as well. Um, you can access US, Australia and New Zealand shares too. So I think that's the only one that I've seen you can access New Zealand shares from. Mm-hmm. That's why I said our friends in New Zealand definitely love shares as well. Um, Shazies weren't clear on the fees for transferring. Um, it just said you maybe charged a fee, but it didn't specify what the fees were. But apparently you can transfer now. You just have to contact them. The next one on the list is Stake. Stake is another popular chess sponsored broker. The fees for Stake are three Australian dollars up to a $30,000 trade for the ASX. But for the US ones, it's the same. It's three US dollars for an investment up to $30,000. Plus, there's also the foreign exchange fee, which is 0.7% every time you convert money from Australian to US dollars. When it comes to foreign exchange, that's always something to be aware of, especially if you're investing directly in the US. I know that even when you're transferring money over from a different country or a different broker or or investing into a different thing, there might be a fine line somewhere that it says that you will be charged for foreign exchange. So just be cognizant of that as well. I found the stake website was a little bit challenging to use to find the information that I wanted. And they were being a little bit sneaky in how they were displaying some of the information as well. So for example, the foreign exchange fee, when they said their fees, they said it's 70 basis points, but then they were comparing it to another broker and they used 0.55% to show the foreign exchange fee. And I just feel like if you're comparing things, you should use the same. So either use the percentage or the basis point. So it's an even comparison. But I found it was interesting when someone else was cheaper, they used a different way to show the number, which I don't like. So do you want to explain for people who don't know what basis points are? I know on the website, it says BPS, but what are basis points? So basis points are just another unit of measurement in finance to make things more confusing. And one basis point is equal to 0.01%. So 70 basis points is 0.7%, which is like fine. They're saying the same thing, but I just find it a bit sneaky how they've displayed that. Yeah. And often it gets talked about, especially when interest rates have been going up, like they'll say, oh, interest rates have gone up by by 25 basis points. And that's literally 0.25%. Yes. Yes. So just uh, just more fun jargon in the mix. With Stake, you can switch brokers on their website. They just said to contact the new broker to process the switch. For most places, if you are going to transfer, and I can't speak specifically to Stake because I haven't transferred out, you usually have to print off a form and actually sign it with a pen. So it is a little bit annoying that you have to do that. Who has a printer at home? I had to go to the library when I did it. But nonetheless, just something to be aware of. It's not as quick as you know, doing a digital signature. 
And the next one up is Superhero. I've seen so many bus ads of Superhero recently. Have you seen them in Melbourne? They have a great marketing campaign, I feel. Yeah. Uh, lots of money behind that. Their marketing budget is huge, um, but yeah. they are popular for a reason. Their minimum investments is $100 for Australian shares and $10 for US shares. And their fees are $5 brokerage for shares. Um, so if you're buying individual stocks, but no brokerage for ETFs. For the US trading, they have the foreign exchange fee of 0.7%, so the same as stake. And they've also got some other random fees like a $1 admin fee if you use BPay, which is interesting. And if you transfer out, this seems to be where they might make up their money. Um, you've got to pay $5 to transfer out ETFs. And they said per ETF. So I'm not sure if that's like per all of like all of the units you have of one ETF or if it's for each individual unit of an ETF. I'm not sure. Interesting. Something to read in their documents when yes. trading out. <laughs> but I guess it's like to stay competitive, you need to get money somewhere, right? Like at the end of the day, these are businesses that need to function and leave keep the lights on. So if they're going to charge you a dollar for BPay, maybe that adds up if you're if they have a lot of users. Yeah. Um, some of the pros, they have Qantas points, which is quite fun if you like Qantas points. Um, the free ETFs is a good one. Uh, they only have beneficial ownership, not direct ownership. And the sneaky thing I noticed on their website is under their frequently asked questions section, it says, what is a chess sponsored trade? And they've kind of tried to confuse people a little bit by saying that there is no such thing as a chess sponsored trade, which is a bit sneaky because there are chess sponsored brokers. Um, and they're trying to confuse people a little bit here and talking around it instead of just saying, no, we are not chess sponsored. That's interesting because I guess what they're saying is the trade specifically isn't chess sponsored, but in reality, you owning shares on the Australian stock exchange can be chess sponsored or yeah. are chess sponsored. You, you know what I mean? Like the trade specifically isn't because what chess stands for is clearinghouse electronic sub-registered system. So it's a system that's put in place to register that you're owning a share. And in the trade, that's not being registered. It's only once the trade is made and it, you, you own, the sh own the shares. Mm -hmm. And when people are referring to chess sponsored, like they did say this at the bottom as well, they're usually referring to having their own holder identification number. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting how they've tried to deter people and be like, oh no, there's no such thing. Don't worry. Instead of admitting what they really are. And there's nothing wrong with not being chess sponsored. If that's something you want to do, there's just an additional risk that comes with not being chess sponsored, right? In the sense that you are the owner of your shares. Whereas if you're using a custodial model, the platform is usually owning your shares on your behalf. And often that actually brings down the cost. So that's why a lot of micro investing platforms allow for that because you can then just be investing $1, $5 and that's a huge difference. So there is the benefit there, but you don't have as much security as if you're investing in a chess sponsored product. Yes. And the issue here comes if the broker goes bankrupt, it's a lot less clear how you'll get your money back. With a chess sponsored broker, you own them, you can manage them through the share registry. It's yours. But with something like Superhero, it's a lot less clear. And I also just really appreciate transparency. And I hate when people try to make things confusing on purpose. And that's what this seems to me. One of the things that we haven't noted yet is that there's also the option to buy straight from an ETF provider such as Vanguard or BetaShares. They often offer a zero brokerage on their own ETFs, but be mindful of other ongoing fees such as management fees, withdrawal, or cash management fees. This is also possibly a good option if you want to buy their specific ETFs. 
I tried doing this a little bit a little while ago on Vanguard Personal Investor because obviously it's free to buy Vanguard ETFs, but their platform is not fun and it was hard to transfer out of. And I don't know if they've updated it now, but I ended up just selling my ETFs and rebuying them somewhere else because I could not be bothered with it. I do remember historically that Vanguard platforms have been a bit clunky, but maybe that's because they focus on having the low investment. fees. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to platform. But nonetheless, I think it, it brings back to that good point is that knowing what you want to invest in and what ETF or index fund you're investing is matters way more than where you're actually buying it. And you can always change your mind as well. I've had lots of brokers. I'm sure Anna's had a few different brokers as well. Like you can change your mind. So just pick a platform, start investing. You can change your mind later. And on that note, if you haven't invested yet, maybe go find one or two different platforms that you want to sign up to see if it's a good fit, if it feels good for you and, um, and you can start investing. Yeah. Or just sign up. You don't have to commit to investing if you want to sign up just to see around the platform. So like make a Perler account, make a Comsec account, make a superhero account if you want and see which one you like when you're actually inside the platform as well. And that's it for today. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please rate us five stars, write a review, or share with a friend. If you're new to investing, make sure to listen to our first 10 episodes. Follow us at Get Rich Slow Club or Tash at Tash Invest or me at Anna Christina. This show was brought to you by Natasha Edgman, who is an authorized representative, 12-99881 of Guideway Financial Services, AFSL 420367 and Perla, who is an authorized representative, 1281540 of Sanlam Private Wealth, AFSL 337927. Knowledge is power, especially when it comes to investing. So make sure you check out our financial services guides and read the product disclosure statement and target market determination for any investments you're considering. See our show notes for more info.